this podcast from Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Excellent. Okay, well, it's really good to have you with us this morning, as I said earlier, particularly if you're here as uh, family or friends of James and Naomi. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for being with us and joining us in celebrating this morning. Uh, I have to say that whilst I am pleased to see many of James and Naomi's family here, I'm aware that many of them are preachers and church leaders. And you need to understand that for a preacher to preach to a congregation or that includes many experienced church leaders and preachers is, I would say, challenging. But I am pleased that I have got to know many of them uh, over the last few years and they are a gracious bunch. I'm hoping. (laughs) They are a gracious bunch and uh, we're thrilled that you're with us uh, this morning. So, here in Jubilee, we're about to start a new preaching series next week. So, you are, you're one week ahead of the times, which is, which is pretty good. So, next week, we're starting our new summer preaching series, which we're calling Summer Psalms. And uh, those of you who are particularly bright amongst us this morning may conclude, therefore, that it's a preaching series over the summer, and we're looking at Psalms. It's good, isn't it? So... That's the plan that we're starting next week and that's going to take us through into the autumn and then at the beginning of the autumn term we're starting a new series looking at the book of 1 Corinthians. Now Psalms, let me give you a little bit of a, of a, a, sort of a heads up for where we're going next week. Psalms is the Bible's prayer and worship book. So it's a collection of songs and prayers some of which would have been used in public worship, some of which would have been a a more personal prayer or worship to God. That includes perhaps the most famous psalm, number 23, which is often used at funerals. The Lord is my shepherd, I will not be in want. But today is a day for rejoicing. So we're not going there, we're not going to Psalm 23 today. But what I do want to do this morning is we're going to look at Psalm number 1 in a second, which seems like a good place to start, doesn't it, if you're going to look at Psalms, to start at the beginning. But before we do that, we're going to spend some moments in the book of Proverbs. Now, the book of Proverbs is a collection of wise sayings, many of whom are attributed to Solomon. Not our Solomon, it has to be said. This is Solomon, perhaps the wisest of the Old Testament kings. Even the Queen of Sheba was impressed by him. We're told in the book of 1 Kings chapter 10 that she said to the king, to Solomon, the report was true that I heard in my own land of your words and your wisdom, but I didn't believe the reports until I came and my own eyes had seen it. And behold, the half wasn't told me. Your wisdom and prosperity surpass the report that I heard. So Solomon in the Old Testament was a pretty wise individual. 
And it was wise not just by his own understanding, but was the gift of God. When he became king, and God said to him, what do you want? Well, I I want wisdom, is Solomon's answer. And wisdom to govern and to lead God's people. So whether the Solomon we've been praying for this morning grows up to be as wise and famous as his namesake remains to be seen. But today's message, we're going to look at some of the things that the Old Testament king Solomon said. And I've called it this, a word to the wise. A word to the wise. So let's pray and then we'll look at God's word together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for your presence. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. And we pray now that in these short moments as we look at your word together, that it would come alive to us, that you would speak to us by your spirit, help us to understand what we read, and God, would you apply it to our lives. We ask it, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's look at some scripture together. If you've got a Bible with you, we're in Proverbs chapter 1. If you haven't, don't worry, I'm going to read it to us anyway. So we'll read the first, uh, the first nine verses of Proverbs chapter 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. And let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. They will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. It's interesting, isn't it, that Solomon is saying here, let the wise listen. So if you're wise this morning, Solomon's saying, pay attention. I've got some things to say to you. And he's not speaking to those who are, who are foolish. He's saying, if you're wise, you can add to your learning. You can add to your knowledge. And he's going to speak some truth to you. And I'm trusting that God's going to speak some truth to us this morning. But maybe you notice there, as we read in verse 8, it's clear that <clears throat> it says, listen my son to your father's instruction. These proverbs are being spoken by our father to his son. And you might imagine James sitting down with Bo or Solly and saying, listen my son to your father's instruction. I'm sure you can picture them in their lounge there, you know, sitting, sitting on James's knee, sort of listening to his every word. I'm sure that happens, isn't it? It's just a regular occurrence in your household, isn't it? Listening to these words of wisdom. But listen, before we write this off, there's a nice little talk by a father to his son. This is not just something for kids, friends. Actually, we need to realise that there's truth for us no matter what our age, this morning. And actually, all of us need to picture ourselves sitting and listening to some wise instruction and some godly 
advice. So what does Solomon have to say to us? What would he say to us this morning? What have we read? What is he communicating to us this morning? Well, verse 7 says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. This is really our starting point. You know, we often talk about God's love. We often talk about God being a God of love. And you know what? He is. We often talk about him being a father who loves to lavish good gifts upon his children. And you know what? He is. We often talk about God wanting a relationship with us. And you know what? He does. But let's not forget who he is. He is God, creator, sustainer of the universe, our great king. That's who we're talking about here this morning. Now, fear here doesn't mean that we need to be afraid and cower in the corner. We're not meant to be afraid of God, but we are meant to reverence him. To stand in awe of him. And we are indeed instructed in his words to worship him. Because he is God. He is Lord Almighty. And friends, when we get a right understanding of that truth, a right understanding of awe and reverence, you know what? It shouldn't make us frightened of him but rather it should make the other truths about him even more amazing. If we understand truly who he is, God, Lord, almighty creator, and yet he is also a God of love, he is our father, he does indeed want a relationship with us, it makes those things even more amazing, doesn't it? We're talking about the God, the creator of everything, and yet he loves you, he wants a relationship with you, and he wants to describe himself as your father. How amazing is that? How good is that? That is some good news this morning, isn't it? It is some good news this morning. And getting that foundation right puts us on the road of knowledge. It's like where your journey begins. But the verse doesn't finish there. And our journey doesn't finish there either. But it goes on. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. Or some other translations put it as fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, let me ask you a question. Who likes being called a fool? Anybody here this morning? We don't like being called foolish, do we? It isn't our favourite description of ourselves. But Solomon describes those who despise wisdom as foolish. Now, if if we're honest, it would probably be true to say that none of us like discipline. None of us like discipline. If you can remember back to being a kid, you probably didn't enjoy being told off and disciplined. Children don't. Adults don't either. 
But Solomon says, those who despise it are fools. Why? Because godly discipline leads us back to who God is and our understanding of him. So right at the beginning of the book, right in the very few verses here, Solomon says to us, listen up, don't be foolish, don't despise instruction and discipline, but be wise, be wise. Now, we don't have time this morning to read through the whole book, not even the first couple of chapters, but we'll look at some other verses briefly together because Solomon goes on and he warns his son about a few things. So later in chapter 1, he warns his son about enticement. He says, my son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie in wait for innocent blood. Let's ambush some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole, like those who go down to the pit. We'll get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Cast lots with us. We'll share the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths. Now Solomon is speaking to his son really clearly, isn't he? He's saying, watch out for those sort of things, those sort of people. Enticement is when things sound really attractive, but really they're a very bad idea. It's when there appears to be a shortcut to wealth, but the method is at best dubious and at worst evil. Solomon warns his son, he says, listen, it might sound attractive, but don't do it. Don't go there. Stay away. Our proverb might be, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. People like that can sometimes think, oh, they seem like they've got it all, they've got away with it. No one's held them to account, but Solomon says, don't give in to them. Stay strong, stay true. Remember the fear of the Lord. And he goes on as well and warns against rejecting wisdom. A bit later in chapter 1 and into verse 2. And I guess this is something that children need to hear early in their life, isn't it? Don't reject wisdom. Do you remember that moment as as a child? If you can perhaps recall it with me. When you were a young child, I would imagine that you probably thought that your parents or parents or carers were just always right. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? As, a, as a small child, you thought the person looking after you was, was always right. You can see some parents nudging their children and saying, yeah, we were. You know, everything they said, you just sort of drank it in. You, you, know, you, you thought they were the founts of all knowledge, that they knew absolutely everything. They were always right, and more often than not, you were always wrong. And then there comes that moment in childhood. Do you remember this moment? There comes the moment in childhood when you realise that actually your parents are not always right. Do you remember that moment? They're not always 100% perfect. And the danger in that moment when you realise, oh, they don't always have it all together, is the danger then is then that you can reject everything they say. 
you go to the other extreme. You think, oh, they haven't got it always 100% right, so I'm going to ignore everything. Do you remember that moment? Those of you who have young children, like we do, that moment is coming for you. If you haven't got there yet, that moment is heading your way. I can promise it's coming at some point to you. But Solomon is really clear. He's saying, listen, don't reject wisdom. Like we need to help our children understand, don't reject wisdom. As parents, we might not always have it all together. But our kids need to make sure they don't reject our wisdom and don't reject us. Actually, the good news about God as our Father is he does always have it all together and he is always right. He is always loving and he is always perfect. We're not like that, but he is. So Solomon is really clear with his son. Don't reject wisdom. He even lists some dangers of rejecting godly wisdom. He goes on and talks about suffering disaster and mockery and calamity and distress and trouble that will overtake you. Some pretty clear dangers there. But he goes on, after describing the negative, after saying, listen, watch out for this, Solomon goes on to talk really clearly about the positive benefits of listening to and acknowledging wisdom. So he goes on in Proverbs chapter 2, he says this, verse 6, Proverbs 2. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. Solomon says in verse 6 there, it is the Lord that gives wisdom. It's the Lord that gives wisdom. And it's a gift. He gives it. He gives wisdom. The question for us, friends, this morning is, will we receive it? Will we receive it? See, as a result of God's wisdom, which he gives, he also gives knowledge and understanding. He gives victory. He's a shield. He guards. He protects. God gives wisdom. That's a really good verse. That is such a reassuring verse. There are a number of times that Sarah and I have sat down and prayed for and asked God for wisdom with our kids. I've forgotten how often it is. Even this morning we are praying together and asking God for wisdom about a particular situation. But you see, God promises to give it. He is a father that loves to give good gifts to his children. And one of those is wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. I need that. I need that in life. I need that as a parent. And I'm guessing you do too. And you see, it comes through a relationship with him. That's how it comes. 
I said that we'd look at a psalm together. So let's have a look briefly at a few verses in Psalm chapter, in Psalm 1. Psalm number 1, right at the beginning. Come right at the end. Here we are. Psalm 1, first three verses. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its, its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Blessed is the one who walks in step, who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. The word that we have in our translation as law, in these verses there's the Hebrew word Torah. And a more literal translation is not law, but might be instruction. So the psalmist talks about one whose delight is in the instruction of the Lord. Is that you? Would that describe you? Do you delight in receiving God's instruction? Do you meditate, think about his instruction to you? So the picture we have here is of someone who has a relationship with God, who takes delight in being with him and learning from him. And the idea of relationship, relationship with God, is one we find time and again in Scripture. Right the way throughout the Bible, it keeps returning to this theme of relationship. Relationship with God. So in the Old Testament you have individuals and indeed a nation that was meant to demonstrate to the world around it what it was like to have a relationship with God. The living God. What it was like to follow him. What it was like to receive his instruction and put it into practice. The nation of Israel were meant therefore to demonstrate the benefits and blessings of following God, of being in that relationship. In the New Testament, it becomes even clearer that God is wanting a relationship with men and women of any nationality, any race. So Jesus himself said this in John chapter 3. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You see, Jesus came not just to be a good example, but rather to show us the way to God through him. That's why he came. A little later in the same gospel, John records Jesus saying this. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, it's his offer of a relationship with the living God. Now, you don't need to fear him, but rather, you can receive him. You don't need to fear him, 
but rather you can receive him. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his son. He gave his one and only son. God is a father who loves to give gifts. Those of you who are parents here this morning, I'd imagine you love to give gifts to your children. You know, as a dad, I love to give gifts to my children. It brings me a whole lot of joy to give them something that I know that they will enjoy and benefit from. Now, I am not a perfect father. God is a perfect father, and he loves to give gifts. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That ultimate gift of God was indeed giving his son, and through him the gift of eternal life and relationship with himself. Now, I don't know about you, but as a parent, I find myself needing an ever-increasing amount of wisdom. Now, way back before we had our eldest child, Lydia, we did the NCT, the National Childbirth Trust course. I forget how many weeks it was, maybe eight weeks or so, and there were, I don't know, 15, 15, 16, 20 of us in a room, and, uh, and we did this course, and we were taught about what it was going to be like as parents. We were taught, and I would say reasonably well prepared, about what was going to happen in giving birth. Now, when I say we, I mean primarily Sarah, clearly. Um, but I, I learned about what I needed to do as well, and what I needed to, uh, the, the role that I needed to play in, in that moment. And uh, we were taught about things like feeding and routines. And we were told about sleepless nights and other things which were about to enter our lives. However, what we weren't particularly taught about, and I certainly wasn't prepared for, was the emotional journey of being a parent. Now, I don't recall one of those sessions where we were sat down and told, right, we're now going to prepare you for the emotional roller coaster of being a parent. I think they should have added that into the course. I think that would have been a, a, a good extra session. Now, I wasn't prepared for how hard it would be and how emotional it could be, the love that I would have for my children and my desire to protect them and love them and care for them and lead them. Now, I didn't know what was coming my way. Now, it's been wonderful, but I don't think I was prepared for it. I wasn't prepared for how I would feel. No one trained me for that. No one prepared me for that. I didn't know what I would need. But listen, God knows what you need. He really does. He knows exactly what you need. Because he is a faithful friend. It's what we've been talking about, singing about, praying about already this morning. The faithfulness of God. He is a faithful friend. He is a loving father. He is a solid rock on which to build your life. Now, without making a political statement, I think it's fair to say that in the last few weeks, our country has undergone and is undergoing some considerable turmoil. That which we thought might be solid and secure and predictable 
has proven to be temporary and unstable. But listen, God himself is a sure and solid foundation. Isaiah 33 says this, verse 6. He will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. And so we come full circle and we return to our initial theme, the fear of the Lord. You know, that might be our starting point, but it's certainly not our finishing point. You see, our finishing point for all of us this morning is that relationship and friendship with God himself made possible through Jesus Christ his Son. It's that relationship with him that brings that rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. We've all said this morning, we have a desire to be wise, don't we? In every area of life, whether it's as a parent, or whether it's in our work situation, or in our own relationships, or with friends, we want to make decisions that are wise. Many of us would say we want to make decisions that are godly. And it's that relationship with God himself that brings that rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The Holy Spirit makes known to us what is on God's heart and all that we need to know in a moment. It's through relationship with him. So I went on, well Sarah and I went on this course, this MCT course. We learnt some stuff by doing a course. Many of you would have done maybe a university course. Maybe you studied something. You've, you've learnt some stuff. You, you're a specialist perhaps in a particular area of knowledge and understanding. As we read the Bible, as we read God's words, we learn some stuff. We learn some stuff about him. We learn what God is like. We learn that he loves us and desires a relationship with us. We learn what he did to make that possible. We learn about men and women of old who have followed Jesus and been faithful to him. We, we learn about many people and their stories with God himself. As we read the book, we learn some stuff. My friends, this morning, what I want to underline to us is this. It's not just about reading the book. It's about having a relationship with its author. And the more you read, the more you get to know him. It isn't just about reading a book and learning some stuff and going, oh, I know some things now, I've read it in a book. But rather, it introduces us to the author. And it's then out of relationship with him that he gives these gifts of wisdom and knowledge and understanding and all that you need for life. It's out of relationship with him. So let me begin to wrap up and apply this for us together. If you don't know what it is yet this morning to have this relationship with God that I've described, to have trusted in Jesus and received his love and mercy and grace for yourself, let me encourage you this morning. Don't stay in a place where all you have is the fear of the Lord. 
but rather let, let that lead you to a place where you can receive the love of the Lord and receive and understand his love and goodness and grace for you because he loves you and wants a relationship with you that's the truth of what the Bible teaches us and he's done everything required to make it possible all you have to do is turn to him and trust him and receive it Jesus said in Matthew 11 come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest and he delights to give rest and delights to lavish goodness upon us and wants to give you that and his grace this morning. And if you've already done that and if you've already trusted in Jesus and are seeking to follow him and be obedient to him, I have a couple of questions for you before we finish as well. Firstly this, is your delight in the Lord and in his instruction? Are you meditating on it like the psalmist was describing day and night? If I'm honest with you, I found this challenging this week as I was preparing. Now, I love to read God's Word. But do I take delight in it? Do I take delight in meditating on it and thinking on it, allowing it to permeate my mind and do me good? Do I do that? Do you do that? God wants to lead you to a place where you delight in his word, as you think about it and meditate on it and allow him to speak to you through it, it will do you good. And then secondly, my question for you is this, what are you doing with this rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge that Isaiah talks about and Solomon refers to? What are you doing with it? You see, friends, you're not meant to keep it to yourself. It's a gift that you receive, but you receive it to give it away. It does you good as you receive it, and then you're meant to give it away to others as well. I wonder, are you doing that? And if you are, how? God this morning wants to give you a fresh desire to read and to meditate on his words, wants to speak words of wisdom and encouragement and encouragement and fathering to you. He wants you to know that he takes great delight in you because you are his son, you are his daughter and he loves you. And as you understand that more and more, he wants you to give it away. So let's stand together. I'm going to pray as we close. Adam and the band are going to come up and lead us in a moment in a final song. But let's, let's stand together and I'm going to pray as they come. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what we've looked at this morning in these brief moments together. And God, we thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Lord, for your desire for relationship with us. Thank you that you've done everything required to make it possible. And Father, I want to start now by praying for any who don't yet know you as their Father. 
I want to pray, God, that you would reveal your love and your goodness to them. Even in these moments, even today. Father, I pray that they might receive your love and be able to trust in you, maybe for the first time. Receive your forgiveness and your goodness and enter into that wonderful relationship with you. Father, I pray for all of us this morning that we would receive your love and be good at giving it away. Lord, we receive your wisdom and knowledge and understanding as we both read your word and hear from heaven and walk with you. And God, I pray that we'll be good at giving that away. Lord, to those around us, those that we encounter, be it at home, at work, in our friendship groups, whatever it is we might be doing, we, we pray, God, that we might be fountains that are full of wisdom and knowledge and understanding of heaven. And Lord, we might be good at giving that away. Father, let those around us experience your goodness and grace through us. We ask it, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.